the relationship had changed so much and it just reminded me how much that this is the person I want to be with. This Mm. is exactly because he does these things. He continues to do these things. another episode of Dear Men. This one is super special because I have with me a friend, actually two friends, my very good friends, who are a couple. This is our first podcast recording with an actual bona fide couple. We've had lots of people on who are in committed relationships, but this is the first time we're having two on at the same time, which is very exciting. And today we're going to be covering a really important topic, which is about couples counseling. This is something I'm really passionate about because I feel like all couples could actually benefit from it. And it's something that we don't really get to take a peek behind the curtain of. It's sort of like this black box mystery thing, like nobody really knows what happens in it. And I think it's really important to kind of demystify that. So I would love to welcome to the podcast, The Bears. <laughs> Jack Bear and Joy Bear. Um, and Mel Bear. And Mel Bear. Yes, you can tell that we're very good friends because we have the same fake last name. Um, so, yeah, why don't we start just by going around and um, just talking a little bit about um, our relationship status. Obviously, I'm single, but I, I just want to give them a brief sort of like summary of your relationship like progression where you are. Hmm. So if you could just speak to that quickly. Okay. Uh, This is Jack. Uh, I'm in a committed relationship with Joy. And we've been together for uh, three and a half years, something around there. We're not exactly sure of the day, but... Either um, is Joy, so this isn't just Jack. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. find this happens a lot with couples where there's, like, contention about when the actual, like, relationship started. Like, which was the first date? Was that a date? Was it not a date? And then, yeah, anyway. Yeah, and so we've been together for three and a half-ish years, but we've known each other for about five. Cool. Yes, and we're engaged. <laughs> yes, relationship status, engaged. Yes. For about... Uh, over, a year, oh, over a year. Over a year. Over a year. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. So you've been together for around three and a half and engaged for about a year and a half. That's something right. like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so why don't you tell me a little bit about um, what was going on when you guys decided to go to counseling? Obviously, there's lead up. There's no couple that's like, everything's perfect. I think we should go to counseling. <laughs> Personally, I think that would be great. I think every couple should go to counseling, but I'm not in charge of the world yet, so baby steps. Um, yeah, so why don't, can you uh, just walk us through a little bit of what was happening that led you up to that decision? And let's, yeah, let's hear from each of you guys. Yeah, on, sure. On what I'll start, yeah. and then I think you can finish it. So we uh, moved to California. Um, we had lived together briefly on the East Coast and then were separate for a few months and then we road tripped together and came out here to live together. And we were living together for, I don't know how long it was, about a few months. And I think it was just a month. Maybe it was just a month. Because yeah. I still didn't have work. Mm-hmm. 
And we were living together and I think the stress of, well, living together kind of for the first time um, and figuring out a new place to be, trying to get jobs and the stress of all that, um, our sex life deteriorated and our connection deteriorated and we became more like we have to get things done. We have to find jobs. We have to figure out our housing, money, stresses. And it was kind of more like we were roommates in a way. Yeah. Yeah, just to spin off of that beforehand um, to get a picture of our relationship is very much connection and sex. You know, I have told Mel many times and my friends that I don't really think I had a real orgasm until uh, <laughs> this, this lovely man next to me. Um and, you know, so that area was going really well. And also when we lived together, um, you know, we still maintain connection, a lot of connection. And I think something I really loved about our relationship is this desire to be friends and to have respect and to always consider that and to kind of um, communicate in a really genuine way that I had never had before. And so leading up to this, a lot of that deteriorated. It wasn't happening. Um, I was very confused as um, to, you know, just not wanting to have sex with him. You know, there's this uh, Chris, Chris Rock comedian thing where, the, you know, the, the man, the neediness <laughs> of like, can I, are we having sex? You know, please, mm-hmm. can we have sex kind of looks? And, and instead of just... It was just there, that passion had just been there. And um, I was feeling very frustrated, and I, I didn't know what had happened to our relationship. And I um, was... And to be clear, this was just after you guys had gotten engaged. Yeah, got yeah, engaged yeah, on the yeah, road trip. Yeah, we got engaged, and that was one thing that really was highlighted for me is in the back of my head, just feeling all of this stuff, I was like, I could see us like getting married and this, you know, still being there. And I was really upset by it. I was like, I don't you know, I don't want to start a marriage like this. Mm-hmm. That's how I was feeling. And was it the same for you where you were feeling like frustrated and like, or what was going on for you? I don't think I noticed as much as, as, uh, joy did. Uh-huh. Uh, I was honestly more focused on trying to get my career started in a new city, trying to figure out our housing situation, just adjusting to a move that, like in a way, I think subconsciously I let the relationship slip yeah. like, as not a big priority as it was in the past. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't necessarily notice like because I had so much other things that I was focusing on. Yeah. So you hadn't really flagged it as much as you had joy. Okay. Yeah. And then what happened? We were at this thing that we, we were a part of a community called Authentic Games Night and um it was our connection was just lost and I kept building frustration the whole time. Like it was just like, I used to be able to like look at him and know like what was going on with me or he used to like come up to me. There was this like weird behavior I had felt like in past relationships of just him being completely separate from me that I hadn't had before. And just all of the frustration all the time of feeling that and never saying anything and being too scared to say stuff um, about past partners. Yeah. With past partners, but also with Jack, um, it was, it was hard because I started to behave in the other ways I had behaved in past relationships where I didn't tell my partner where I was and I had kept all of this inside. And, um, 
finally we were just, I took him, you know, he did finally come over and ask me what was up and I just kind of exploded and, and I had gotten so heated and maybe had so many emotions that I had actually said, I I don't know what's going to happen, but I want to leave. Like, I don't want us to be like this. I, this isn't what I signed up for first. You know, I didn't sign up where I feel like you're my roommate or where I feel like you're not my partner, not my friend, not my friend anymore. Like I feel like you're separate human over there doing whatever and I'm doing whatever. And, um, that I don't have some, the, the, yeah, the friendship that we had is, and, but not only that, but you know, also the sexual connection, like I had no interest at that time. Um, to be honest. <laughs> and was it, did, when you, you said the word leave, did you mean leave the event or did you mean leave the relationship? Leave the, leave the I was thinking of leaving the relationship. I said, I don't know how to do this. Like I didn't have a job. I had just started grad school and I said, maybe we just take a break. I had voiced, Mel is my really good friend and I had voiced, I'm sure Mel will let me stay over. Like I can't be in this relationship like this. Yeah. Um, but I was, and I was crying. I was very upset because I, you know, I'm engaged and I, I couldn't believe that I was saying those words, but I had just, it was that profound for me where I was just like, I'm not gonna, this is not my relationship. This is not the relationship I want to be in. And what was it like to like receive that at that, at that point? Like, was it a surprise? Was it like, yeah, it was, it was a surprise. It was very hard to hear. It was, I, you know, immediately went to my head to try to figure out what to do, but it was a little bit of a shock because I didn't know she was that passionate about it. So it was a little bit of a shock and it was also really hard to hear because my ego was hurt. You know, I thought we were, ha- we had a great relationship. We have had a great relationship. Um, and I thought maybe we were just going through a little bit of a rough period, but that we'd figure it out. It didn't seem as dire to me, but it became very, very dire when she said mentioned leaving even for the night I might go stay with with you with yeah. Mel yeah. for the night and so that's when I just took it seriously and I was like I I love you I really this is important for me too even though I maybe necessarily haven't been paying as much attention to it in the last few months because of the move I'd like to make this a priority again this meaning the relationship, the relationship okay. yes yeah, and, and he, you know, up until that point, I, w- I was still feeling that unbalanced feeling in our relationship. I had gotten way more into my masculine than I like to be, <laughs> um, and I was still feeling that in that moment. And I, and so the thing that change shifted for me was when Jack looked me in the eyes and he's like, "I will do anything to make this work." I want you to come home with me tonight. Mm. And I just melted and started to cry. And the, 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 you know, the shift in our relationship had changed and I felt him. I felt him. Yeah. Can Jack, can you talk about that moment for a minute? Because I feel like there's something really important about, um, joy, what you're talking about here. You didn't use the word polarity, but that's what I heard is I was in my masculine and maybe Jack, you felt like you were in your feminine or for you, it felt like he was in his feminine. Mm -hmm. And there's something about that moment that it sounds like switched the polarity for you a bit. Um, and just for those who haven't listened to the polarity episode, polarity is just opposites. So in this case, masculine and feminine doesn't matter whether you're in a male or a female body, but being in your masculine is usually you're more directed, you're getting shit done, you're executing, you're moving forward and being in your feminine, there's more flow, it's more about receiving, softness, being in your body, just 
that's sort of the essence of those two. Um, so it sounds like in that moment, there was something about what he said and how he said it that, that you said you used the word melted. Like it had you flip back into your feminine a bit. Can you, Jack, speak a little mm-hmm. bit to what that moment was like for you? Yeah, I think I think before that, because this wasn't the first conversation. We had had some kind of mini fights or conversations in the past in the past couple months before this about it. Yeah, and I just kind of brushed it off just because I had a lot going on, and it was this moment that I finally realized that I wasn't going to brush it off anymore. And so I think it became like I didn't have the answer right then of what to do, but I just really felt like okay, this is now moved to the, no, my number one priority is not losing you. And it became very clear to me that that's what I wanted. Mm. And I think that that sense of like, this is now the most important thing is kind of the switch into, I guess, the more masculine side of myself. Yeah. And I think it's significant, Joy, that you remember exactly what he said, because it feels like in this story that was, like the moment that the boat changed course, like, okay, this boat is going along and it's kind of imbalanced and all everything. And then there was this moment when, um, Jack, (laughs) you took, basically you took the leadership position Mm. you were like, I will do anything. I don't want you to leave tonight. I want you to come home with me tonight. And so your true North was like, this is what I want and I'm claiming it. And I'm telling you, and the impact that had on the feminine was, Oh, well, I cried and I was like, okay. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Okay. So, all right. So then, so then what happened? So you went home with him that night and at what point did you guys decide to get some outside help? Um, so a little background about me is I'm training to be a therapist and I highly recommend therapy, individual therapy, couples therapy. I do it. It works. Um, And I think I had mentioned it. I said, I think we need a therapist. I don't want to, I don't want to, there's, there's ways that we're communicating where I'm not hearing your story. You're not hearing mine anymore. Like it used to happen naturally and it just wasn't happening. And I was like, I think we need a third person. And I just mentioned it. I, and I want to, I want to be very clear about the mentioning part because what did you do? (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm interested in therapy as well. I've I have never really had a therapist, but I've had coaches and mentors and done done men's work and have worked on myself and know how beneficial it is to especially as a man to to get outside help because as a man we can think that we can figure it out all of ourselves our, all by ourselves. And uh, sometimes we can, sometimes we're really good at that, but a, lo- a lot of the time we do need help. And, uh, this was a situation where I had tried to figure it out the last couple months and nothing was coming to me. I couldn't think my way through it. I couldn't whatever. And so I finally like almost like surrendered to like, okay, fuck, I need some, we need somebody. And so she had mentioned it and I just Googled therapist, sex therapist, couples therapist within our area, um, in LA and, I think it was the first person I found. I just called up and and made an appointment. Yeah. Us. And I think it's really important. Again, I'm going to highlight that he, he heard me and he took action. Um, he did it right away. And also I had like some things like I didn't want, I have a therapist. He has, like he said, a mentor. I didn't want it to be, I wanted it to be a neutral third party um, specific. That was my specific request. 
um, just because I didn't want the person coming in knowing either one of our sides. Um, and I asked for that and somatic. I really am about the body. And so he took those two things and ruled, you know, rolled with it. And there was a little piece of me that didn't think that you were going to get a therapist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so that's why I want to highlight it is because yes, you did it. You did it right away and you did it fast. And what was the impact of that, that he found it and took that action? It's again, that shift of, you know, before, you know, I, the relationship had changed so much and it just reminded me how much that this is the person I want to be with. This Mm -hmm. is exactly because he does these things. He continues to do these things. Yeah. It sounds like maybe it had you trust him. Yeah. Yeah. Because you brought something up and then he executed it. So it established maybe more trust. Yeah. And also polarity. Yes. Again. Cool. And then, and so what happened? What was the first appointment like? I'm like dying to know what this is like. We both have bad memories. Yeah, we, yeah, <laughs> like, the appointment was fucking awful. Um, well, no, it was, it was, uh, I know that I was nervous and I, I'm pretty sure that Joy was nervous as well. And, uh, I think that we had filled out some a questionnaire before the appointment um, a really was, intense, like long questionnaire. Yeah, which was which was really good. It kind of just like got some of the stuff that we had been going through out on paper, and it was it was uh, we did our own, so we didn't do one together. I did my own, and 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 um, Joy was not allowed to see it, and uh, Joy did hers, and I was not allowed to see it. So mm. um, that's what we went into even before the first appointment. Do you guys do you remember any of the questions by chance? Oh, um, we should have looked at it before. It was, about our, it was about our, you know, there was questions about our sex life. It was questions like, why did you come here? Is there any, you know, one thing about our therapist, and we can probably give her a shot, Holly. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, one thing about her is there's different clauses you'll do with therapists. So it's the secrets, no secrets. Different or, clauses? Yeah. Like, so secrets are like, in like a therapist will either keep secrets, will not keep secrets. Or we'll keep some secrets, which means, like, let's just say, which didn't happen, but let's just say Jack cheated on me. and Oh, so you mean uh, keeping secrets between the, t- the couples, because this counselor is dealing with two separate individuals. So some yeah. counselors will keep secrets, meaning if Jack tells her something in confidentiality, she won't share that with Joy. Correct. Okay. And she is somebody who does that. Um that ha- on my end it hasn't <laughs> happened but <laughs> but the the therapist does different things like that for um and that's her choice and so we have to go over that like knowing what that is um interesting so and that's probably so that she can establish trust with both individual parties so that they can feel safe to fully share with her and then i'm guessing what it is is she the person would say don't tell my partner this, this, I'm just telling you don't tell my partner. Okay. Yeah. And if it's a good therapist, which I imagine they do try to get you to, yeah. Yeah. Share with the partner. The partner. They want it to come from that exactly. person. Exactly. Them. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And those kind of questions and, yeah. okay. So and, you, yeah. And there was also questions about our history, mm-hmm. like, uh, our past relationships, um, what was hard about our past relationships or what's kind of been patterns. Mm -hmm. Like there was a lot of that, that was important for me to kind of see, um, for my, for my, and our relationship, our current relationship. Mm -hmm. Was that illuminating for you guys? Just writing out like, Oh, this has also happened in my other relationships. It was for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What did you, do you remember any of the patterns that you remember being like, Oh, look at that down on paper. 
It's okay if you don't. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd have to think about it. Okay. Oh, come on. I know you're thinking. You do? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Couples are you great. Have, you guys. have this. You have the tendency to, in relationships, I want you to say it. I don't, I don't <laughs> know. I really don't know. Okay. Well, in like in your past relationships, there seems to be a phasing point where you guys become like roommates. Oh, yeah. And that, that is a pattern. Yeah. And you yeah. can speak more to like the logistics of that, but that is a pattern. Yeah. The last couple of relationships I had, this pattern that, that Joy and I were now having had happened mm. in the past two serious relationships I had. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's a good example. Okay. So you fill out your questionnaire, you go and see Holly, mm-hmm. and what happens? <laughs> I mean, she was just, I mean, so interesting thing for us is it was nice to highlight our strengths because we, uh, we have both done individual self-work, right? And we have also done collective, you know, couples work a little bit, uh, you know, we do more because of her. Um, but she, she was like, wow, you are a really conscious couple that loves each other. You know, <laughs> thank you for coming in mm. because and, you know, we had, you know, it was really hard for me to look this person that I love in the face and say, I I don't want to have, you know, I'm not turned on by you and all these like things, you know, or, you know, yeah. And it was really hard, but she could tell, like, I touch him. He touches me. He holds the space for that to be said where I feel safe to say that mm-hmm. those hard things. Um, so she highlighted our strengths in that about, about that. And I mm-hmm. think that helped us because for me, I'll take it for me, reminded me of what, what we are and what we have and what a good couple we are. Mm-hmm. And so that was important. That's what she did. Mm-hmm. She told us a little bit about her work and, um, what she does, you know, that's what most therapists will do. And, um, I think sex for us was a, a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you say that was the primary reason you guys looked at counseling? I think for me, it was a very important part because I knew that the, for me, like if, when sex is, is not as good as I know it can be and has been with joy that, that there's other issues, but the, like good sex is usually uh, a great indicator that our relationship's going well. Mm-hmm. So if we could, I, and I, and as a man, I like focusing on the sex cause that's like a very, it's great. I love it. And, uh, if, if sex is good, usually things are kind of easier for uh-huh. me in a way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was one of the big issues that we talked about was like, what are sexual issues right now? Um, and then we, yeah, she just asked us the first session was a lot of just intake mm-hmm. and just asking us questions. Um, yeah. And you guys were, you went every other week, right? Is that right? Or did you go every other it week? It was, yeah, I think every it was every weeks. other week to start. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So first session intake and then mm-hmm. what, like what happened when you guys really started getting into it? Like what did she do with you and what did you, I'm trying to think of the two books she recommended. I think the first, what are the, oh yeah. So she, yeah, she did recommend a couple books. Um, one was mating in captivity by Esther, Esther Perel, Perel, uh, which is, exactly what we were going through which is uh this you know couples who have a lot of passion and have hot sex uh once they live together and have to deal with money and and a place to live and kids we don't have kids but just kind of those uh things that you become more like roommates and that's what that book's all about um 
And I can't remember if there was another book. I think there was one, but we didn't read it. But Esther Pell, we also did her TED Talks. Like that was that was big. That was mm-hmm. good for us. Um, and it, was it good because it just highlighted that you guys aren't alone? In yes, this? yes, exactly. That knows exactly what yeah. I was going to say. I felt, you know, this was. She's like, this is a common. Even our therapist said that, you know, this is a common reason to come in. She was very, and I want to, I want to highlight this for all of those is she was very surprised that we came in at the time. She's, you you know, because, um, she said most couples would have gotten married and 10 years in, and we would be having these conversations now, not beforehand. So did you say 10 years in? Is that the marriage? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so she was very, I think that was another thing she highlighted, very impressed that we had come in so early Mm -hmm. with this. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And has, is something I've heard from other counselors as well, where they've said it's sort of like couples, uh, come in where they've been, it's like if you had a sprain and you walked on it for seven years and now it's a broken fucking leg, like they're like, I deal with couples that are, have broken legs. Like you should come in when it's spring. <laughs> it's really a lot better and also more comfortable for you. So there's that. Okay. So what else, when you guys were like actually getting into the, the stuff or like the material, what, mm-hmm. what was it like? Well, it, it didn't change overnight. That's for sure. It definitely took a lot of sessions and still trying to figure things out. But it was one of those things where we knew now that we had a resource mm. and we could, it was almost like we would have a session with Holly and then we would kind of work through it and new things would come up and new questions. But then we at least had somewhere that we could go again to, to kind of sort it out a little bit more. And that was really important. Like even just having a session just to bring up things that maybe we hadn't said to each other in the last couple of weeks because one of us was scared or whatever, like just having that hour every two weeks to just kind of get everything out in the open was really important and just opened us up to more connection. Mm-hmm. We pretty much always felt more connected after every session. Mm-hmm. And I think Holly, I think she did a great thing of like these communication things that I guess we thought we had, but like we were, we were getting better at them. And also, I mean, I'm remembering like us socializing, like me learning to keep, Jack is a more private person than I am. Um, not, I'm getting more, but like for me to hold that privacy that you crave. Mm-hmm. Right? So and, what you're talking about is not necessarily sharing personal things yeah. about him or about the relationship without checking, without checking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, even beforehand we were in the other room checking <laughs> things Bef- up before the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Just to give that it's still working that way. And I am, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to think like when sex happened, you know, did it happen right away? Probably not. I don't remember. Honestly. Yeah. Um, it, I, yeah, I mean it, I don't remember if it happened right away or not, but I do remember that it wasn't fixed. Like yeah. it didn't feel like we had done all the work and we were done with, you know, two sessions or three sessions. Yeah. It felt like a commitment and a, and the start of a journey. Uh-huh. The process. Yeah. Yeah. And um, can you just name a couple of highlights that you do remember or moments that you remember, um, things that you learned, or I'm imagining she gave you practices to do between sessions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any concrete ones that you remember being like, wow, this 
was significant? I remember one for me, which was um, when we were having sex or about to have sex, sometimes my inner child would show up in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. So my my boy who, when he was when I was seven or however old I was, didn't feel like he got enough love, didn't feel like he got enough attention, uh, felt like he was too sensitive, like all of the shit that I had growing up. Sometimes that boy would be in the bedroom mm-hmm. and that seven-year-old boy is not attractive mm-hmm. to my a grown, woman, a grown, a grown woman, beautiful right. woman. And so for me, it was just like with her help realizing that that was happening Yeah, because I didn't even realize it was happening. I was just, you know, I would get um, annoyed or frustrated or upset and and then kind of throw a hissy fit sometimes mm-hmm. and uh so so attractive ladies <laughs> yeah yeah it's not attractive at all and uh but i didn't even really know that that was what was happening yeah. and so that was one of the big things is just um realizing it's happening in the moment and speak to it mm-hmm. and it wasn't about necessarily like moving that away so that we could have hot sex it was like let's just deal with what's happening right now yeah and like sex is not important like what's important is is like just naming what's happening right now yeah that's a really good one because if you don't if you don't have the awareness around it it's collapsed like there's nothing you can do about it Mm -hmm. but if you can become aware of it like oh this is showing up right now then you have a chance like you have yeah yeah and it. it wasn't it wasn't easy when it showed up because it still sucked like I didn't you know it's we're still upset at each other but at least now we're naming that this that this is one of the issues that's happening mm-hmm. anything for you that stands out I think for me is and and maybe for a lot of women is this thing about speaking the truth you know it's not fine or okay. And I'm still working at it. I'm not perfect. <laughs> but, you know, when something was bothering me in sex or when something was bothering me that he said for me to not just be like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And, and for me to say, you know, um, saying it in a compassionate way is my biggest thing because I have fiery energy. So it, and the, so I can sometimes be like, you're doing this thing that I don't like. But, um, but to, it was always to compassionate way and to let him know, like, if it was, if, if there was something either in sex or just he, like the way he was mm-hmm. saying something for me to let him know mm-hmm. in, instead of, you know. Instead of sweeping it under the rug. Yeah. Right. Because what happens in a lot of relationships is we, both parties, it seems, sweep things under the rug and think it's fine, but really they're holding on to all of these resentments. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I've definitely spoken to multiple people who those resentments end up building and then the sex doesn't feel safe or the sex isn't wanted because that person's body is holding on to all this resentment and they don't actually want to surrender to the person, but they don't put it together that that's part of why. Mm -hmm. So that's a really good point. And I just want to highlight that for what you're saying is it's really hard to say that's not working for me or I don't like that or something needs to change here that it's, it's very hard to speak up about that kind of thing in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Do you find that true for you too? Which part? Like that it's hard to say like, that's not working for me or that that's scary. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that one of the things that happened through therapy is like almost relearning in a way 
And that was really hard because it went from relearning relearning sex, sex with us because we had probably yeah. oh, lied, to each, lie, lied to each other or swept things under the rug since the beginning that were and now they were finally being conscious about them. So it felt like taking one step forward and two steps back. Mm-hmm. And so there was like really uh, this like re like digging the trenches uh, thing that happened, which is, was really tough. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there was, whew, now I'm thinking back so bad we passed that point. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, there was a month. Yeah. The, cause it was, yeah, I think it's an ego bur- boost, like of all these like um, unhealthy habits that you've not only developed with each other, but over like past relationships and for those to constantly be either brought up consciously or popped or whatever. Um, you so, said ego boost. Did you mean like bursting? Yeah, bursting. Oh, okay. Sorry, e- ego bursting. <laughs> yes, on um, on both cases. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm now remembering that and being like, oh, we went, we made it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but can it, before we move on, can you just mention like what it, what is that concretely like? What would be a bad habit that you had to relearn or? Mm, um. Do you have any specifics? Well, I guess one of the things that I learned, and and you can, uh, Jaya Blueprints, you can check it out, um, was that I'm an energetic. Um, it's, it's like a sexual blueprint. And I think that was really helpful for me to know because um, there's something about presence and sex that I really needed, but I didn't know how to ask for that. Um, and so when we started going on this course, you know, that was something new for both of us to learn. I had gone my entire sexual life, you know, 28 27 how when did we 27 28 27 years without knowing that I needed certain things in sex and just overriding that and when you override that it can it can almost feel not like someone is but like abusive a little it can feel like that and so I had to really like train like there are certain things that I need in sex that I wasn't getting and I didn't even until this point know how to advocate for it Mm. okay and so it was really tough Yes. For a couple months. It was Like six months, like three months. Three. Yeah, it was, I mean, maybe more than three. It was, it was tough for a while. It's still, I'm still learning, honestly. Like I'm still learning. We've, we're, we're definitely past the hump. Yeah. But like the relearning process was fucking tough. Yeah. And it was like, I felt like I didn't know how to have sex at all. I had had like good sex with with joy and and then I completely felt like I didn't know how to do it anymore mm. and uh, and then I couldn't figure it out in my head and so that part was really tough and it did take us several months to kind of get over that hump and relearn things yeah so I want to talk about after you did start to relearn things so joy you briefly mentioned this but it sounds like what happened was you saw Holly for a couple of months and then Holly recommended Jaya's work or you found Jaya's work on your own. Okay. You found Jaya's work on your own. Jaya, J-A-I-Y-Y-A, um, does sexual blueprint work. So she says there are five different sexual blueprints that people have. Um, and this has been pretty central to your journey as a couple. I don't want to get all the way into all of the sexual blueprints on this podcast, but, um, can you speak a little bit? So Joy, you already mentioned being an energetic, but 
Jack, can you speak a little bit to what your experience was like of learning the sexual blueprints? Because you guys are past that hump. And mm-hmm. Joy has mentioned to me multiple times that you have really fucking good sex now. Uh, mazel tov, <laughs> Jack Bear. You're doing a great right. job. Uh, so you are past that point. And, this, and it's been months that you've been past that point because it's been months that you know, she's been saying this. So, um, can you speak a little bit to like what that journey was like for you? Cause you know, it was dark and then what happened? Yeah, sure. So, um, I had known about Jaya for a while, just kind of, uh, through some email that I received a long time ago when I was doing men's work and just kind of was on the periphery. And then I saw that she was having an event in LA and I just signed us both up. I bought us two tickets. It was right in the middle of our therapy with, with Holly and I expensive for us at the time. Yes, it was big investment. It was a big investment, but it was, it was kind of that energy that we had from Holly just to feel inspired to, to keep working at this and to again, seek some outside help. And she, I mean, Holly was so happy that we were doing this and Holly didn't know who Jaya was. Yes. Yes. And so, yeah, one of the, one of Jaya's main things that she teaches is that, Every person has a different sexual blueprint. And I had thought that sex was just kind of the same for everyone. Like, I like naked bodies, so other people like naked bodies. And uh, what I learned is that that's if not the naked, case. I want to do pretty, it. Pretty hard to have sex if you're not, if you're not some kind of naked. Uh, and so what I had to learn was that there's different ways that people are turned on. And there's different, there's different ways, there's different things that turn people on. And so what I learned was that I was a sexual blueprint, which is very direct to the point. Uh, if you're naked, I'm turned on. Let's have sex. I feels loved by sex. Yes, I feel loved by having sex, which is where some of that like inner child, like feeling nourished after yeah. sex, would come in. And what Don learned was that uh, what um, and what Joy learned was that she was not a sexual blueprint, and. Not at all. So just to be clear, because these are the same words, there are five sexual blueprints, and one of them is called the sexual. Yes. Because otherwise it's a little confusing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say the five are, so you're just, is energetic, sensual, sexual, kinky, and shapeshifter. I'm not going to go into all of them, but those are the five, so when we're saying it. And so energetic and sexual are really different (laughs) are very different the way they communicate sex how they want sex I want to feel connected energetically emotionally all the things I want connection first before I want to get it on where Jack wants to get it on you know by looking at me probably he wants to do it right now (laughs) And and then connection comes after that so it's actually like opposites in a way yeah and that, that is also, I think, a pattern that's reported by a lot of therapists is that met, a lot of men want sex in order to feel closeness, and a lot of women want closeness in order to have sex. So there can be a mismatch, yes. especially if there are different blueprints involved, which it sounds like there were. Mm-hmm. So how did you guys, how did that help your sex lives knowing about those two things? It was just very illuminating. I had no idea that that was that I was that and that, and that joy was her blueprint. And so again, it was a little bit of period of, of reworking our sex. And it was, it was like really good information, but also like, fuck what the hell do I do? I have no idea how to turn on 
and energetic. I, and so it felt like a lot of relearning, but, um, and I think Holly helped us, you know, come to compromise a little bit about that. Like not to have like, you know, for Jack, he gets very stressed. He wants to figure it out. He wants to, you know, let's just be sex gods right now. (laughs) Yeah, babe. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Holly made us be really gentle with ourselves and, Right. Like she made us like really be gentle and, you know, know that this is a journey, know that all of these feelings are okay. Um, and also sometimes like, you know, in relationships you have to compromise. And so maybe sometimes just having sex with Jack, you know, like it's not all the time things, but sometimes, you know, if that's what he needs. Um, and then other times me just needing connection and, you know, like being able to come to some, conclusion that it doesn't have to be perfect and to go more with the flow of Mm. what's being presented. So can you speak a little bit to what, what does an energetic need to feel turned on? Like, is it cuddling? I don't need cuddling. Okay. So what does energetic connection look like for you? Energetic connection for me looks like someone being very present. So, um, I need a lot of eye contact. Um, I do like the more like I'm going to take you energy, you know, but it not right now. Like, but just like to have, not right now. Like, I don't want him to just take me, but I want him to like be in that. Like, I want to take you right now. Energy. What I've learned and I'm still learning for joy is it's not about for me, my sexual energy just likes to have sex and have an orgasm. And that's the goal. And that's the idea for joy. It's not about orgasm almost at all. Sometimes it's more about the foreplay. It's more about my presence with her. It's more about teasing. It's more about teasing joy likes. Yes. (laughs) It's about the energy that I bring into the bedroom and it's almost without a goal, without an end goal in mind. But, and, and so that's what we're working on. And that's like totally different than my blueprint, which is like, Mm -hmm. Anna, which, and, and which is just like, I want to get something. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So it's, it's so it, it doesn't like fundamentally look different than the kind of sex that we're used to. It's like you're still kissing, you're making mm-hmm. out, you're holding each other, there's touch. Yeah. You know, there's- but the way we think of sex is most of the time is is ejaculation. It's like there's there's penetration and someone's going to come. That's a lot of what we think and for an energetic that's not I can consider sex to, you know, look very different than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 70% of women don't have an orgasm through intercourse. So it's actually, uh, the way we think about sex to me seems like porn, like porn is where we get the idea of what sex is or should be or what it looks like. And most porn is, is male sort of dominated. And so it is exactly what you just described, which is, you know, penetration. He has an eject, like he comes <laughs> sort of like the, like cultural blueprint that we're working with. And so it sounds like part of what you guys learned is like unlearning that as the primary focus and sort of more like meandering and seeing where the energy goes and following the moment Mm -hmm. instead of like a, and then B and then C a, I go down on you. B, you go down on me. C, we have intercourse. D I come the end. Yeah. And it was a lot of, and that's actually thinks that's a great reminder because it did feel, I think one of the problems I was having with sex is it felt, I could tell, what he was going to do when he was going to do it. And that was one of the things that really bothered me. And then it was a lot of learning how to mix it up. (laughs) 
Yeah, so for you, for an energetic, it's important to not always know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So there's more surprise or novelty, things like that. Because I, I think, um, Jack, I'm also a sexual, and that that is not as important to me. I don't necessarily need all the variety. I don't need to be teased in the same way. I'm, I'm a lot more like you, which is like, all right, let's do this. Let's do yeah. it. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm going to get laid. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. Cause I, I, uh, we both started to own more of our blueprints, even though we were trying to incorporate each other's, but for, for it was almost like, uh, in, like, um, felt powerful just to realize that I was a sexual and that that's okay. And that there, I didn't have to put shame around the fact that the way I want sex is different. Like if I had my way, I would be like, we're going to have sex at five. We're going to do this where I'm going to come. It's going to be great. <laughs> but like anytime I like schedule sex, it's like no good for, for her. <laughs> Doesn't want to know. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Agreed. And I think that was a lot of the healing was just to own, you know, own where we're at, you know, um, that was a huge healing. Yeah, and it sounds like Holly helped with that. Yeah, because she sort of normalized like what you're going through is normal. Be gentle on yourselves. Don't expect to get this overnight. Yeah. But the fact is, you actually did, in the grand scheme of things, have pretty rapid transformation because this this happened last summer. The the incident, or was it two summers ago? No, it wasn't two summers ago. I I think it was last summer. Last Last summer summer. with the 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 event that they described was only last last summer. summer. Yeah. And then you immediately got Holly, and then you started with Jaya last fall. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was only like three, six to nine months, mm-hmm. maybe even maybe around six months yeah. that it really, like the sex at least. And we really were committed. This like became our number one thing, to, like our number one thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To work on in the relationship. Yeah, to yeah. work on in the relationship. Yeah. We just became so committed because... Because it's important, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So as we start to wrap up, um, what, tell me a little bit about what, what it's like for you two now. I mean, what, you know, are you still seeing Holly? What's happening with, okay. Yeah, we are. And, um, it's really. just saw Holly. Yes. We had an appointment only a few days ago and it's really important for me because, uh, it's just that like, we've only, I think we're seeing her once a month now. And, um, it's just that once a month where we can just kind of like let everything out that we've maybe been holding in or that we haven't, uh, really been able to explore. And then, like I said before, we just always feel connected afterwards and feel more motivated to work on our relationship. Mm -hmm. And there's still a lot that we're working on. And I think one of the big things that I want to mention, this is important, is when we first started therapy, it felt like. We need this thing. We need to fix this thing. Mm. And it actually put like more pressure on us. That's like one of the, one of the things I said about the one step forward, two steps back is that we were putting all this pressure on us. It's like, we have a therapist. We know, we know what's going on. Like, ah, what the fuck? Why can't we figure this out? And one of the things that we've learned from Holly and we've learned from Jaya is like to really have patience and also to have fun. And that's like the times when we've had the great sex is just when it's, it's, it's not this like thing to conquer. It's mm-hmm. just, fun and we can we can like joke about our insufficiencies <laughs> and it's just like it's a lot light more lighthearted. Mm-hmm. like when i think when we started it was like oh we got to do this uh 
And now it's just like there's more patience and there's more fun to it. And it's, yeah, and it's become part of our regular life to have Holly, you know? And either one of us can at one point be like, I want a Holly appointment, you know? That, you know, if we're like feeling that we need one extra or something like that's it's like this extra place that's safe and you know there's just so much that goes on exactly our lives get hectic and it just seems to really help us to stay recommitted to each other maybe if we've fallen apart um one thing that I love it's not a holly thing but it's a jaya thing is seven second kisses I highly recommend that um couples do that um it at the fourth second, there's supposed to be dopamine gets activated. And I got to tell you that when your life is pretty crazy, if you just take time to do seven second kisses, it will help your relationship mm-hmm. out a lot. Um, we just saw Holly and, I'm, you know, I think that was a really big appointment for you, babe. I think he got, I have my own personal individual therapist, so like it kind of coexists, but I think it's nice for him to just be like, He carries a lot of weight of our relationship. Um, He holds that space, which I totally appreciate. And I think to have Holly there, one, it helps me realize where he's at. um, And it gets us to, you know, I held him. That's what he needed. So it helps us be in that space. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, we're talking about the masculine and the feminine and in many male-female relationships, the man is the one holding the masculine pole in the relationship. So he is the one holding the space, taking action, creating, leading, things like that. And so it sounds like from what you just said, like Holly is someone who holds the masculine in the room with both of you so mm-hmm. that you don't have to lead right. and hold the space all the time. Yes. And that feels really valuable for, for men because it seems to me like a lot of couples just try to figure this stuff out by themselves. And it does put a lot of pressure on the man or whoever's holding the masculine pole to, to try to figure it out. Yes. That's what I hear. From That's so well you. said. Jack is like trying to figure it out. That trying to figure it outness isn't just you being in your head trying to figure it out. It's like you trying to hold the masculine container for the relationship, like showing up as like, this is part of what I do to provide. And so having someone else help with that seems like it could be super valuable. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so, but right before we wrap, yeah, I do want to touch on, um, money because therapy is not that inexpensive. And, um, I think that's a barrier for some couples. So can you just speak to like the decision to be like, this is so important that we're going to invest serious money in it? Because it was serious. It is serious. It, it is. Yeah. It, she yeah. is not. She is not cheap. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's really important. It's and that is one thing that can be stressful, especially if some of the things that a couple is fighting about is money, which we've had our we've had our money issues as well. Mm-hmm. But it's just one of those things where the priority to the relationship is more important. Because for me, I'd rather be happy and have less money than have a lot of money and be miserable in my relationship. So it's just shifting around the priorities and like we can't afford to have, to have therapy every week. So we just have it once a month and know that that's part of our monthly budget. And it's just really important and we're willing to put the money in for it. And we did do it every other week. Um, to start, to start and, and stretch. Yes. Yeah. 
But we did do it every week and then every other week, every other week. And then, but also at times when we really had needed it, we had done it, Mm. you know, consistently. And it's just part of, this is important to us. Our relationship is really important to us. And I think in order to have a healthy, happy relationship, it's, I just feel it's necessary. I really do. Um, so just creating space for that. I have a lot of, and maybe I can have Mel post. I have a lot of like places you can go where there's like interns and stuff like that to do couples therapy. If you want it to be cheaper and you're really desiring to go. Yeah. We'll drop, um, first of all, we'll drop your therapist's name and info in the show notes. Um, we'll drop the Esther Perel book mating in captivity, which I also highly recommend for couples and singles just to be prepared and to understand. I really like her work because it is evidence-based. So she has a very thriving couples <laughs> counseling practice. And she has a lot of stories in there that kind of point to the things we've talked about. Um, and yeah, and just a shout out to honestly, Yelp is actually a really good resource for finding therapists in your area. So if you look up sex therapist or couples counselor in your area, you can get like real reviews and you can also look for things like intern, intern based stuff. We'll drop that in, but it's only going to be for the LA area. So if there's people elsewhere, Yelp is actually pretty good resource. Um, so as we wrap, is there any other advice you would give couples that are in a similar position to where you guys were? I would say just sign up for a therapy session. And if you're really going through the shit with your partner, I know it's really hard to make that first appointment. And you guys might be kicking and screaming when you go in there. But just having a third party has been so beneficial for our relationship. Just like making that move to just book that first appointment or finding some, even just finding a third person to talk to about it has been like, I would highly recommend that. Yeah. A safe third person. (laughs) Safe third person. Yeah. I mean, similarly, I'm just going to so much recommend a therapist, a third party, you know, you can go coach, you know, there are lots, you can go coach routes. Um, you can, you could even just sign up for Jaya, you know, but I think really having that commitment is so nice that once a month for us is just so helpful. And, um, yeah, just, you know, care about yourselves, love yourself, realize that you showing up your first appointment, making that first appointment, you have done more for your relationship than an average couple. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I like that. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that's it unless you guys have anything else okay we're very happy in love (laughs) (laughs) yeah I just want to say that I I just want to acknowledge you as a couple and as individuals because I think you're right I think a lot of couples don't ever make this decision and just suffer like they suffer and and because there's two people there's this assumption like oh we'll be able to figure it out or we should be able to figure it out and sometimes you just you just can't you just need or you can wait you can wait to figure out, like, eventually we'll get there, and I think... Yeah, and and speaking for a man, it's hard for, for me as a man to admit that I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> it's really hard. It hurts my ego. I love trying to figure things out. I'm very good at figuring things out for the most part, but it's... This is not something that I could figure out by myself. Yeah. And, and so speaking to the men out there, if you're listening to this and thinking, I don't need therapy, I'll figure it out. You're probably wrong. I think you should probably just get a therapist and realize and get some help. And that's totally fine. And there's nothing, 
negative about your masculinity. Yeah. And I think also the, the point to be made there is efficiency. It's actually a lot more efficient to get someone else involved and to look at this stuff rather than spending five years suffering and trying to figure it out. Cause I think a lot of the times it doesn't actually get figured out. More time doesn't actually solve the problem. It just kind of either festers and gets worse or just limps along the way that it has been. Like that seems to be a pretty common pattern um, or something really awful happens. Like somebody cheats and it brings everything to a head. And like, now we have to deal with this. Like now this is a crisis instead of like what you guys went through, which was, Hey, this has really got to change, but it wasn't a crisis. It wasn't like there was a major betrayal that now you had to fix on top of everything else. So yeah, I just really want to acknowledge you um, for being one of the conscious couples in my life who I look up to. I just want to say one thing Thanks, on the Bears. feminine is, uh, you know, cause he spoke to the masculine. I'll say for the feminine is just tell your man where you're at. If you're crying, you're, you're say, I need therapy. We need therapy or whatever it is. I, uh, this isn't working. Just let your emotions come out because they don't know. <laughs> they just like, like he, like Jack said, he just wasn't, this was eating me alive and it wasn't for him cause he had his mind somewhere else. So just let them know. Mm-hmm. Great addition. Love it. Okay. See you guys next time. That wraps up another episode of Dear Men. Thank you for listening. If you want to reach out, we would love to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Dear Men Podcast. That's at Dear Men Podcast. Or Facebook, we have a group, Dear Men Podcast. We also have an email address, dearmenpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to join the Big Sexy Dataset, the community of people who regularly respond to the surveys that we talk about on this podcast, just email us at that address, dearmenpodcast at gmail.com, and we will set you up. Have a sexy day.